It's time for Roadworthy Drive, America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. Ken loves talking about breaking mobility news, while Sasha loves sharing the latest in new technology. So ready or not, the opinionated duo with a futuristic twist, here's Ken and Sasha. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. Welcome to hour number two of Roadworthy Drive, America's premier Mobility News and Technology Talk Show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are Ken Chester and Sasha J. Little. J is for joyous. Yes. <laughs> Doing the research each week so that you can stay abreast of the new, timely, and actionable information to help you understand and benefit from the technology that you're going to act with every day during the Daily Dispatch. We translate the jargon so it makes sense. Kind of. Because sometimes there's no making sense. We try. <laughs> now, aren't you glad you're here? On tap for this hour, hot news tidbits from the parts bin, my evaluation of a spin in the 2019 Kia Optima SX Turbo. <laughs> what a ride. And, of course, that popular show that everybody is looking forward to listening to, that segment, Tech with Sasha, all packed into this hour. Best you strap in and hold on. As always, we love to hear from our listeners. Call or text the show via the Roadworthy Driveline, that number, 872-222-9793. Or email us, that's ken, at roadworthydrive.net. That's the place for that. Either way, we'll connect you to the show. And speaking of connections, please say hi to my lovely cohort, co-host, and partner in crime, the lovely Sasha J. Little. The first rule of a crime boss is you do not talk about the crime boss. Okay, first of all, yeah. that's Fight Club. It could be, I've heard no, it both ways. No, 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 no. I've heard the it both ways. The first rule of Fight Club <laughs> is you don't talk about Fight Club. Which now you're talking about Fight Club. I didn't mention the specifics. I'm just saying. Could be anywhere. You already broke the rule. Uh, well, life is hard. Howdy, folks. How is everybody doing? How is the weather? Really, I need to hear from the people really, in Florida. Really? I need really. some of that you had to bring up, up. You had to bring up such a nasty subject. I just want to know that somewhere out there, some of you are able to look outside and see the sun and walk outside without having 13 layers of clothing on and feel warmth and have green flowers and... Two words. Yeah. Two words. Yeah. Uh -huh. Key West. I, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm willing to move. Key we West. can relocate. Key West. And Arizona has this, the, the self-driving... Too, too dry. Now, come on. Key West. No. Yes. Come, I'm just saying. Mm. Oh, well. Speaking of you're just saying, Sasha. And yes, this sir. one's for you. Oh, no. Volkswagen made an announcement. Yes, they did. They're going to spend $800 million. Yes. To build electric cars uh -huh. in Tennessee. I know. And the beautiful part about it. Uh-huh. Uh, they are going to sell and they are going to build in that plant. Because yes. you've been waiting for this. Uh-huh. Your ID buzz. Yes. That modern day interpretation yes. of the Klatchik microbus. Yes. They're building it here. Right. Up till now, and we it's did not be have. Electric. Yes. Up till now, we didn't know if that was going to be a thing uh -huh. and if they were going to build it and particularly where. But right. now we know all that. And so, FYI, uh, my birthday mm -hmm. is in February, mm -hmm. uh, which is awful close to, you know, 
the holiday season. Mm-hmm. So uh, a nice Yuletide or Christmas or mm-hmm. Hanukkah or birthday. Hanukkah, gift. really? I'm, I mean, I'm just covering all the slates here. Uh, Kwanzaa. Uh, Kwanzaa, right. Go for it. Um, gift to me what would be my bus. Uh, okay. Painted, painted okay. like the Scooby-Doo machine. Okay. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> first of all. Scooby-Doo bus wasn't a Volkswagen. I know, but I still want it painted like that, though. No, no, don't mess that up. Why? We don't know when exactly the ID bus is going to be built because it's not the first one off the line. The ID cross will be the first one off the line at Chattanooga 2022. So you're still a few years out there, Miss Sasha. At the earliest, you're three or four years out. Why are they doing this to me? Because you can prepare and save for that. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... Volvo's having a fight. Oh, yes, they are. Volvo's in a fight. Uh-huh. They're having a falling out and right now. And we called it here when we first talked about this. Care by Volvo. Yep, care by Volvo. Good for people, not so much for dealers. Not so much. Uh, the dealers are arguing right now that care by Volvo as a subscription service breaks California law because it changes the relationship between the consumer and the manufacturer gets yes, the dealers out. Yep. Um, they say that it violates state law meant to prohibit manufacturers from competing with their franchise franchisees. But it's not just California. Franchisements. Franchise. No. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> New Jersey. There's some issues. Yep. Illinois. Uh, they're talking about uh, taking Volvo to task. Wasn't there a state that they already took it to task and they're not only California? Oh, yeah. And Volvo said that they have a new program, uh, Care by Volvo 2.0, that's supposed to address these issues. As of this time, uh, does it seem that, one, the dealers haven't been uh, privy to it yet, or if it does resolve the problem? But I can tell you, dealers in as many as six other states are considering uh, actions similar to what's going on in California. Now, do you think that this, uh, with the Care by Volvo, and we've talked about car subscription services, particularly brought to us by the straight from the manufacturer, mm-hmm. um, do you think that this sets a precedent for uh, other... Oh, absolutely. Like what other... I mean, not so much Canvas, because while it, it's somewhat supported by Ford, it's not what the Care... But it's not new cars. Though. It's not new cars. This is new vehicles. And right. And that's their argument that... Because it is so encompassing. Right. <clears throat> which is great for the consumer. Absolutely. Uh, they really didn't think through how the dealer was going to fit into this. Well, I think <clears throat> that they're trying. I mean, dealers on a whole, and then we've talked about that. Is it necessarily something that it's going to be in the end game? Kind of like the horseshoe maker. I think it maker. needs to be because vehicles going to need service. Yeah. You're going to have uh, warranty issues. Right now, these are things that dealers do. Uh, I mean, even if you own a Tesla, you still interact with the factory for little stuff. The difference is the factory comes to you. See, that's kind of my point. But though. they built that plan from scratch yeah. without dealers. Yes, they did. You're looking at a franchise system that's been around for over 100 years and is heavily protected in most states, which is why, by the same token, Teslas are not available at a location in every <laughs> state. Yep. Yep. So... I think the wider consideration for this is what does this mean to new vehicle uh, subscription plans overall? Okay. Can they get it? Can they fix it? 
to where the dealers are involved, but yet it's still a win-win for the consumer. Because the one thing is when they offered Carabai Volvo for the SC the XC40, mm -hmm. uh, if I recall, we reported it here, they sold out. Yep, they sure did. And it, uh, like three months. Yeah, it was so, not very long at no, all. The consumers want it. The question is, can the automaker fix it in such a way where it's a win for everybody? The dealers have a valid complaint. They've spent millions of dollars developing, uh, building, supporting, stocking, training, carrying the vehicles for the, for the manufacturer. Okay, so I'm going to sound heartless and I don't mean to, but... It, are we seeing, as far as sales go, like I agree with you, there's going to be a need to go back for servicing and warranty work and so on and so forth. So the mechanics part of a dealership, absolutely. But are we actually, as an effect, seeing the end of a need for a sales part or of a dealership? I mean, if we get away from per personal ownership, which study after study has shown, we are getting away from that. Gradually. Uh, it's not it's not going to go away overnight not 10 years not 15 years i'm just saying the take rate for individual ownership will fall yeah but it's not going away at least I didn't not in say our life i understand that but to answer your question the, there's a larger question how will electric vehicles uh that don't need as much service i know how will autonomous vehicles ride sharing ride hailing how does all of this mobility come together and what is the dealership role in that world no that's actually my point is that there really isn't a dealership in the way that we think about it right now in 2019 it is not the same model no as what it will have to evolve into in like say 2025 2045 I, I think there's an evolution I think the manufacturer has to figure that out. I think the dealers need to figure that out. I think the public is going to do a lot of that figuring well, out for them. Well, it boils down to money. That's true, too. It boils down to money. What is the consumer, in order to get from point A to point B, willing to pay? How do they want it delivered? How is this going to happen? I think Care by Volvo is the tip of the iceberg in that conversation. And I don't think there are any easy answers. And more importantly... I don't think there's one size fits all. No, I don't not. see that happening. No, but I do think that the public have said repeatedly time and time again that they are more apt to either purchase a vehicle or get their stuff done at somewhere other than a dealership. Mm. That's why like these online car sales areas have begun so begun to be so popular. Yeah, but it's still small potatoes compared to the overall sales of all these vehicles that are selling. That's true. Coming up, power and economy work together in the same package. Find out if it actually works. Keep it right there. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This is Roadworthy Drive. Remember your first car? In those days, it was the bigger the better. Then came the 60s, and the little economy car became the big thing. But you need a car for today. Fortunately, there's a remarkably low-priced Subaru with front-wheel drive, radial tires, power front disc brakes, and a high-efficiency CT engine. Subaru, the economy car for today's economy. See your local Subaru dealer. Okay, so why did the Subaru have to have, like, 1970s country music to that? Uh, because it was a 1970s Subaru ad. 
Yeah, but why did they have to have the country music? Like, why did every other thing have like a really cool music in the background? And then the Subaru came out and it was like, simple Subaru, inexpensive and built to stay that way. <sighs> I, I mean, I did have a left hand drive Subaru. I go. loved uh -huh. that thing. Uh huh. Welcome to Roadworthy Drive, America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. We're Ken and Sasha. So glad you could join us. Please make sure that you have the seatbelt buckled before we get underway, because you know, safety is always the watchword. Are you going to do the airline safety, the airline stewardess thing? No. Right now? No. With the, like the visual aids? No. Going to show them how to do the seatbelt? No. Okay. Well, I... No, no. Speaking of safety. Ah. I had the pleasure of spending a week with the 2019 Kia Optima SX Turbo Sedan, which, by the way, is the top of the line in the, Alto, in the Optima. Uh, was redesigned for 2019, and I got to tell you, um, this is a comfortable car that I drove to Chicago. The thing is fast, and it's quiet, and it's solid, and had this unreal range of over 500 miles. It's like the thing never ran out of gas. I uh, was able to bounce around town here, drive the 300 miles, to 300, almost 350, to Chicago, and I think I still had a quarter of a tank of gas left which was amazing. Um, a couple of things about this vehicle. Now, it claims with the 2-liter, and believe it or not, it was a 2-liter turbo bolted to a 6-speed automatic. You would never know it was a 4-cylinder by the way it drove. I mean, it was just immediate response, quite smooth, no lag whatsoever. Uh, the EPA fuel economy for the turbo, they're talking 21 city, 30 highway. And again, I mentioned that it is the top of the line. Uh, they've got other models, the LX, S, EX, and then the SX. And yeah, just loaded, comfortable, and awesome. Uh, and I may also point out, and this is one of my favorite things because I'm always on this horse. <coughs> Excuse me. American made. West Point, Georgia. 85 miles from its sister car, the Hyundai Sonata, built in Montgomery, Alabama, Interstate 85 between them, 85 miles. An amazing vehicle. Uh, some of the other things that uh, I wanted to talk about about this vehicle, it was introduced at the New York Auto Show last year. Um, as far as the styling goes, um, I'm not a fan of the exterior styling, which really was sad because I loved everything else about the car. Uh, I was concerned about the tires, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, in the upper Midwest, seems that this is a year we're getting a lot of snow. A low-aspect tire, which is a wide tire, uh, tends to ride above the snow, unless you have what they call an aggressive uh, tire tread for it to dig in. The narrower the tire, the more the weight of the car across less patch, and it tends to dig in and help the tires. The very thing with a wide, low-profile tire gives you amazing handling, in dry weather and stable ground, but if you're getting into deep snow, the opposite is true. So other than that, I love the thing. I just could not get enough of this car. Um, performance numbers, 245 horsepower, 260 foot-pounds of torque. That compares to the base engine, which is actually 185 horsepower, so quite a bit of a bump there and torque numbers for the base 2.4 liter regularly, or what they call naturally, naturally uh, aspirated engine, 178 foot-pounds of torque. 
So definitely a bump. And again, like I said, just, ooh, uh, I would love it just for the performance on this vehicle. As far as trunk space, uh, being a midsize car, you'd never know it. Uh, almost 16 cubic feet of space. Now, to give you an idea, uh, if you remember the old Ford Crown Victoria, it came in at almost 20 cubic feet in the trunk. So this is a pretty large trunk uh, that you wouldn't know was there. Uh, those tires I talked about earlier uh, are 18 inch, but they're 45 aspect, which means it's a low profile, very wide tire. That is compared to the base car, which is a, two, a 205 65R16. It's a narrower tire that's taller and would actually probably give you better traction in the winter uh, in deep snow like we're dealing with. Uh, another thing to consider nowadays, does this vehicle have a spare tire? Ironically enough, out of the four Kia Optima models, the other three have what they call a tire mobility kit, but the SX Turbo actually has a small temporary spare. And for that, I'm very grateful because you literally have to look nowadays. Um, some other aspects, LED headlights, which are very bright to see, uh, LED front fog lights, another issue in terms of being able to see on uh, with a vehicle like this. And I'm just kind of going through the list here of all the really cool things. Um, as usual, like most vehicles today, both Apple CarPlay and Android Auto are standard. That is standard across the line. Uh, push button start, smart key, smart trunk, uh, push button, typical. Uh, I get into the safety stuff, and this is what I want to talk about. Obviously, a full complement of airbags, front, side, uh, full-length side curtain, and something that you're seeing more and more, a driver's knee airbag, which means in the case, it's going to protect your knees and the lower part of your legs should you be in some sort of head-on collision. In addition, this vehicle comes standard, and this is standard for the line from the base model all the way up, blind spot collision warning, parking detection warning in reverse, rear cross collision warning, which works with the rear camera so that you can see something that will beep at you, uh, something called forward collision avoidance assist, which covers both city, urban, and pedestrian, which is becoming more and more of a thing. Lane change assist will we'll notify you if you wander. One that Sasha and I kind of talk and debate about, this has what they call lane keep assist, meaning that it's gonna keep in the center of the lane. If you wander side to side, it's going to put you back in the center of the lane. I'm thinking, honestly, if you are that inattentive, you probably need to park the car, but that's just my take on it. Driver attention warning. This first was standard on a number of Mercedes models, again, I'm not sure if it's worth it. High beam assist, I have a love-hate thing with high beam assist. I really don't need it because there are times when, you know, I want high beams and it will give it to me or I don't need them and it's going to give them to me. Typically, with most cars, you can override that. Lane departure warning, forward collision warning, low beam assist. Do I? I don't even know what that is. And then smart cruise control with stop and go, which is basically adaptive cruise control. And it's a wonderful thing to have. So what does all this goodness cost? For the top NSX that I drove, the sticker price is 31900 
with freight and handling of $920. Not so bad. Next up, it's Tech with Sasha. Do hurry back. Sasha doesn't like to be kept waiting. Roadworthy Drive is America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This is Roadworthy Drive. Ken Chester and Sasha J. Little at the controls for the hour. That J is for jumping. Is it now? It is for this hour. I see. Thank you for dropping in. <laughs> for those of you who have not checked out our website yet, please do. Roadworthydrive.com is the place to find all about the show. Well, yes, and we're actually tweaking it here and there. Indeed, as, we are. As you know, um, we've <laughs> we've actually had to add more pages mm-hmm. to separate because we're gaining so many affiliates. So with- many. The Roadworthy Drive Minutes and And Roadworthy Drive. And the long format, which we're doing right now. Yes. Thank you for your support. Yes. And then I'm still tinkering with the uh, wheels of non consent and Mm. getting up all the past cars that I did and getting ready for the new spring rollout of wheels of non consent. Yes. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. We're going to see if she gives the cars back. I mean, as long as they're, I mean, if they're the combustion engine then there is absolutely no threat of me keeping that. Okay, so in other words, make sure we don't get a Tesla S to review. I mean, I'm just saying, I don't think that I should be held responsible for my actions mm-hmm. should we get a Tesla X. Or a Tesla Model 3 or a Tesla X. No, no, the Tesla X you could probably keep. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not. No love. I just, I think that the wear and tear, because it, it would be my family vehicle and mm-hmm. the constantly going up the and doors. down. Yeah, the yeah. doors, I just don't think. Yeah, oh, yeah. well. Well, we've got all that going on. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Right. Yes. And mm-hmm. then we're not only on Facebook. We're also on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And and if someone had actually sent me pictures from the Chicago Auto Show, we would have been on Instagram. Uh, you know, we can still do that. It's a little too late now. Not yet. The, the show's hashtag, still going on. The hashtag is done. Yeah. We live in a instant, instant and you're Society. You're Twittering. With Twitter Payton. Uh, Twitter Payton. Uh-huh. <laughs> Where else can they find the podcast, Sasha? Well, the podcast, we are now on um, Spotify. Spotify. Well, you asked me the question. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, so we're on Spotify, and we're also on Google Play, and we're also on Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not on iTunes. Mm-mm. We're not. No. There's no love for the fruit right now. No, <laughs> no. The fruit is very frustrating. Yes, yes, it is. Totally. But we are on Spotify, and I actually love using Spotify for my it's for my cool. podcast yeah. now. It's really nice. And I know I did come from spot from Podcast Addict uh-huh. is where I did used to listen to all my mm-hmm. my podcasting. But so, so, folks, you heard it here first. Sasha recommends Spotify. I do, I do, and I'm Spotify. a Spotify Spotify Roadworthy Drive Spotify. <laughs> okay, folks, now. Without any additional delay uh-huh. or a late book return fees. Wow. Here she is, Tech with Sasha. I really need to work on like a music intro for Tech with Sasha. Mm-hmm. I really need to get on that. Mm-hmm. So this week, hello, hello, everyone. This week, I really wanted to talk about electric vehicles. Uh, mostly because last week, if you had paid, if you had listened to, I think it was first hour, mm-hmm. uh, Ken and I got into a debate about vehicles and he was going on and on about the new chevy truck and we got into this little side 
argumentation or difference of opinion on whether or not um, the electric vehicle would actually be a thing and how we still need to be impressed with, you know, what they're putting out there. Yeah, don't make that face. That's exactly what you were saying. So I chose to do a segment on the electric vehicles. And I wanted to start out with, because I want to start out with a little bit of bad. Okay. Bad news. Bad news about electric vehicles. Uh Uh-huh. So the first one that I actually got in a conversation with a couple of our listeners with. Means I'm not going to get a Tesla Model 3 after all? I mean, you you should probably still do that. No, you should probably still do that. That should probably still be a thing. Okay. But recently, as you all know, everyone in the... uh, has been under an Arctic tundra the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. And they talked about how the cold temperatures actually zap the electric the electric car batteries. Um, uh, mm. Duh. I know this, but I mean, because they weren't really um, that much of a thing, I don't think anybody really realized just how much it zaps it. But common sense. I mean, an internal I, combustion engine... I'm sorry, engine, what was that? I said common sense. I'm, Internal combustion engine still requires a battery to start. Everyone knows yeah. that your regular batteries uh, get taxed in the winter and yeah. usually die. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of reason why people, you know, they tell you to either plug up your vehicle if it's going to be negative. Um, like has been around here. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. So they actually, um, there was a study done by AAA and they did... Five electric vehicles, and they found that high temperatures can cut into the battery range, but not nearly as much as cold weather cuts into it. And they were talking by almost more than 40%. Whoa. Okay, that I didn't know. 40%. 10 to 20%, I'd imagine. Right, right. I can understand that. Yikes. I mean, that would be- Which means if you're driving a Nissan Leaf, you're in trouble, Jack. (laughs) You're going like eight miles. I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean. Because that doesn't even factor in the overall degradation over time. No. No. You know, you're going to lose some mileage just from wear, tear, age, and cycle. Yeah. Of heat, cold, yeah. vibration, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. Wow. 40%. So they were talking about, and I mean, we all know, if, you, if you're driving, you know, your standard combustion engine vehicle, mm-hmm. if you're running your air conditioner, we all know that your gas mileage is going to go down. Okay. Your, your mileage may vary. <laughs> your mileage may vary. In my car, it just you know drops it by half. Uh, yeah, but, I'm learning that about the vehicle I'm driving this week. We'll talk about it in a couple right, of weeks. Right, yeah, You had pretty. your air on? No. <laughs> okay. I drove the thing. Uh, well, don't do that. In the, in the cold weather. Don't do that. And the gas mileage was like, what mileage? It didn't pass the gas station that didn't like, fall yeah. in love with? Mm, okay. Pretty much. So anyway, as I said, they did it off of five vehicles, Okay. Um, they started out, they tested the BMW's i3s, mm-hmm. Chevy Bolt with a B, mm-hmm. the Nissan Leaf from mm-hmm. 2018 model year, mm-hmm. and then the 2017 Tesla Model 375D and the Volkswagen E-Golf. Mm-hmm. All have a range of at least 100 miles per charge. Mm-hmm. When they tested it on a Dynamo... Dy- 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 uh, Mom meter. Yeah, it's, it's like a treadmill, except for uh, oh. except for oh. vehicles. <laughs> Shut up. Oh. Um, dino, the vehic- dino meter. Honey. Thank you, dino meter. Mm. I don't know why I was looking at that. I just could not. So anyway, English. Use they your were. Words. <laughs> Stop it. 
They were saying that at 95 degrees, the range dropped by about 4% okay. without using the air conditioning. Sure. Okay. Okay. The Tesla actually fully charged at 75 degrees was 239, but okay, it fell- Okay, 239 what, miles? Yeah, on okay. one charge. Okay. But it fell 91 miles or 38% at 20 degrees. At what degrees? 20 degrees. Wait a minute. 20 degrees above zero. Yes. That's and 90- I lost 91 miles. Yeah. Lost like, 91 miles. Was I in Tesla. northern Minnesota or something? I mean, just here in Iowa, we were sitting at negative. Today? Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I can't even fathom what Tesla drivers were actually coming against or coming up upon when this extended cold period. Basically about 20 miles. Yeah. Range. Shush. <laughs> 20 miles range. <laughs> just saying. So, it is a thing. Um, I will post this study that they did. But it, it reduced, and they went into the Tesla because, honestly, the other one's range, it fell so drastically. That there was no range at yeah, all. Yeah, that there was no range at all. Yeah, the leaf. I can start it. Right. Get out of the garage. Whoop. I'm out of charge. I mean, it was it was really shocking to me as to how much it actually tripped up. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. When we come back, more tech with Sasha. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. You were tuned in to Roadworthy Drive. This is the last segment for this hour, number two of Roadworthy Drive. Thank you for hanging around. Now to reward you for your patient diligence, here's more Tech with Sasha. Right, but you've got a couple comments, don't I you? I do. Yeah. In this story that you talked about, uh-huh. uh, other than the fact that uh, the writer didn't bother to identify certain uh, organizations like SAE, yeah, that's the Society of Automotive Engineers. Yep. They're not just an automotive engineering group. They are the ones that develop and set the standards that the industry follows. Uh, and the other thing, this only talks about the Tesla Model S. Didn't yeah. talk about the Model 3. Didn't talk about different versions oh, of no. the S. They didn't even give you the ranges and how much it cut down on the other vehicles yeah. that they list for the study, so, but didn't give you the numbers for yeah. those vehicles. So I'm I'm a little it's a little sketchy. And I and I wanted to be I wanted to put that out there. I got because uh, right. I'm for electric cars too. And yes, common sense, cold weather and extreme hot weather is going to degrade electric batteries just like they do in your car. But not the article news. was not complete. No. And then that's why I left out a lot of the stuff as far as like what you were just saying. They didn't actually, you know, let you know what mm-hmm. SAE was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just left that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, they did not give me. And we didn't have any any statistics or numbers on the golf, for the other ones. On the, the bolts, I3. And, on the I, leaf. And, and the i3 is actually an older design. If they wanted to really go somewhere, what about the i8? What about some of the Porsche? Uh, vehicle. Like I said, it was just one of those mm-hmm. where I yeah. I found so one. That, that was my only complaint, but I'm done with that. Are you done? I'm done. Okay. So as we move on, mm-hmm. <laughs> with mm-hmm. Sasha, mm-hmm. Uh, Shell Oil Company is actually working with an auto automakers to boister the EV infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. You're, you're, you're actually, I'm confused. Go ahead. What you're do you actually mean? talking about an oil company? I am. No, no, but... no. You are actually talking in a good way, uh-huh. positive words yes. coming out your mouth uh, yes. about an oil company. With evidence of oh such, my. yes. But you'll see a lot of Pigs these- flying, dogs and cats living together. <laughs> <I'm> 
I'm confused. A lot of these oil makers are actually seeing the writing on the wall, and they understand that their meal ticket, as far as fossil fuels, is vastly drying up. They also understand, not drying up as in there's no longer availability, but drying up in the way that people Demand. are wanting um, cleaner energy. They're wanting something that more renewables. Mm -hmm. And in that, if they're wanting to stay relevant, especially since they've already got gas stations out there, mm -hmm. adding on to mm -hmm. what they have available, just the same way that they just added a diesel pump, this is the same thing. They're just adding another electric vehicle or an electric pump. So who are they working with? Well, they're actually working with... Um, do, 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 and I Either Electrify America, ChargePoint, somebody. See, and that's the thing. They purchased New Motion, which is a Dutch company that's owned by one of the right. Europe's well, largest... Because Shell is a Dutch company. Right. Royal Dutch Shell. So... Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. We've actually talked about Shell actually making that investment. But the bigger news that we've been following is the fact that Electrify America, which is Volkswagen, under the dissent decree by the U.S. government, is spending over $2 billion in four $500 million uh, groups to build chargers across the United States. And it, they really transformed the industry. That's not to say that Shell specifically is leading typically in Europe, but more so also in the United States, but more so in Europe, that they are leading that charge for additional charging stations. I didn't say that they were leading. Okay. I was just pointing out that Shell had actually joined along with BP. Ah. And um, there was one other one, and now you made me lose my space because I got half top. But there was a lot, there was another one that they actually announced that they had taken over and they were adding, making a point of spending billions of dollars to add mm -hmm. to their already established infrastructure mm -hmm. to add EV pumps. Charging stations. It's charging stations, I know. I'm sorry. It, okay. This article actually referred to it as EV pumps. Oh! And, <laughs> and I'm like, that's not what it is, but no, you know, whatever. No, yeah, it, it was one that's, of those. That's why we're here, folks, to educate, <laughs> right? So, so that you you can get the intelligent, real, obvious, uh, accurate information. We try, mm -hmm. we try, but I mean, it's one of those things where as we progress forward, um, I did find a lot of articles where they're talking about you know electric vehicles aren't profitable right now. No, um, while there is a demand for them, um, but. Again, we talked about this before. The United States has struggled to make money off of a car, period, anyway.com. Electrics. Make, well, but even like the, they make big money with trucks, SUVs, mm -hmm. all day long. Mm -hmm. But to actually make a sustainable profit off of cars as opposed to what they make off of trucks. Okay. They make killer money. Right. On trucks and SUVs. Oh, yeah. A, a killer money, which yeah. is ridiculous. Insane yes. amounts of money. Yes, indeed. But despite that, Ford, who has also who has said that they don't plan on making money from their electrical vehicle line, GM is going all electric but doesn't expect to make any money off of battery-powered vehicles until nearly the next decade. Uh-huh. Despite the fact that everybody is actually stating, I've got another one here where they rehash the arguments that electric vehicles are not profitable but because of demand automakers are making the uh commitment to produce electric vehicles 
to not just those that are spending $100,000 for them, but making affordable electric vehicles. Here's the point, and we talked about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I guarantee you that $800 million Volkswagen is spending for electric vehicles at Chattanooga oh, yeah. is designed, they designed their electric vehicle to be an electric vehicle from Jump Street and to make a profit with Unit 1. And that is, and we actually did a story about the fight to the factory floor of building electrics for a profit. Up till now, um, your first generation electrics, for the most part, were either low volume numbers on uh, low volume um, product lines and things like that where you couldn't get to the economies of scale needed to make a profit. This next generation that they're building is designed to build at scale, designed to meet um, demand, and more importantly, designed to make a profit. And as battery costs keep coming down, as mileage keeps range keeps increasing, and the cost of producing batteries goes down, you're going to see a lot of opportunity where they're going to make a profit. But it's like anything. You're going to start somewhere. Well, and see, like with Ford, they are saying that they're going to put $90 billion mm-hmm. and double their electric vehicle spending mm-hmm. in but, the next two years. But Ford's playing catch-up. Yeah, they are. GM's like had serious catch GM's had two vehicles and are going to bring at least 20 to market in the next five to 10 years. Well, and then here we have Toyota that they are investing $13 billion into the battery technology through 2030. Nobody's taking any prisoners in this business. No, they're really not. I mean, Volkswagen, Hyundai, Kia, mm-hmm. name it. It's getting real. That wraps up our visit for this week. Be sure to tune in again next week when we do this all over again. Bye-bye. Bye, folks. Roadworthy Drive is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive radio network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of Roadworthy Drive Productions Incorporated.